We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Playoff Preview Podcast. I'm your host, John Carlin Alves. And with me today is producer co-founder, Brian Goins. Heat and four. Heat and four. Heat five, baby. We also have a person to screw up, Alex Toledo. You. And we have our trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso. Heat and three. And today, also, <laughs> we're doing a crossover podcast with our friends at Locked On Heat. Also welcoming in the show, David Ramil. Pacers seven. Listen. Oh, wow. Did you wow. see Pacers in seven? I did. Get the fuck out of here. Everybody's yeah. off. I, I thought we just had to do one. <laughs> Before the show, David was besmirching competitive Super Smash Brothers Bailey, and now he's picking the Pacers in seven. Can you believe this guy? Kicking him off. So he, our Pacers are locked into this matchup, boys. Um, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because it's not in front of fans, and I really wanted to boot TJ Warren. And I wanted to harass TJ Warren and I wanted Jimmy Butler to go into a hostile environment and kind of show up Pacer fans. But instead, we get a bubble matchup. Uh, he'd end up in the five seed, which just doesn't matter because there's no home court advantage. And I think that this matchup, so I think there's a lot of this matchup that's uninteresting, but I also think there's a lot that is interesting. And I kind of want to get y'all's thoughts on the first thing. So, Alex, I know you have been really pounding the drum for Tyler Hero starting. I know that has been your crusade. Yeah, I don't know about that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify it that way. I mean, I don't, I don't know, blame man. you for Through not text? knowing because you don't listen to five on the floor. But I don't listen to five. I, I don't mean... listen to five on the floor. <laughs> and I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I don't know your Twitter crusades. I just know like your said, text I, crusades. I, 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 well, no, I would be really cool. I mean, it, I would be happy to see Tyler Hero start, but more happy I would be to see Kendrick Nunn start and not Goron. I don't want Goron starting. I just heard your take. 
David, because I was listening to the podcast on the way home, that you do like Goron starting. And a couple, you know, Ethan and Alf are kind of cool with too. I'm against it. Uh, I like Goron in the starting lineup. I think he's better, you know, he's more useful off the bench. Uh, and I think, honestly, the bench success has a lot more to do with him and having another, like, handoff creator like Olenek. And now, you know, they've used Derek Jones Jr. as, like, their, their uh, attack-the-paint guy off the bench. You know, there's kind of like a balance there. And I think the balance gets messed up if you bring none off the bench. I don't think he, you can replicate uh, what Goron does as the playmaker off the bench with none. I, well, I mean, I don't think Kendrick going to play at all, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, oh, I think he's... Whoa. I mean, do, are, that was Brian's take that, too, right? Yeah. Aren't we at that point? Particularly I think, unplayable? I think we're no at way, that point where no he, way Spo is trusting that guy in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, but what it, the question is really, what are your other options? You really have to hope... You just go Hero shorter. Playing, you play more minutes than everybody else. Yeah. That's true. I, I think, it's, yeah. I yeah, think Goron starts... Tyler comes off the bench and none gets very spot minutes on occasion. I just... He doesn't do anything well enough to warrant getting that kind of significant yeah, playing time. None, none gets to DJ Augustine minutes. That's fair. I I'm mean, not. I don't trust him, and I don't think Spo trusts him. And I kind of came over to Spo playing him heavily in the bubble because I wanted to see if you could get anything out of him. I'm glad that we now are for certain that this isn't necessarily a slump. He's just kind of this. Um, I wouldn't trust him in the playoffs either. My question is really. Um, Kind of the same thing with Alex uh, talking about uh, the problems with starting Goron is what do you have on the bench then? And that's the thing I worry about. I think I think none gets breaking out. Bro- I think none comes out more just because they just are very limited in terms of like shot creation. And, you know, not that he's creating good shots or making any of the shots, but he's creating something, you know. He doesn't need to do it at all. When uh, he's playing with the starters, with the whether it's you know the Myers or Jay starting lineup doesn't matter. What what matters is he is surrounding the actual big three on the team, Jimmy Bam and Duncan. And I think because of that, he doesn't need to do any actual shot creation in that starting lineup, which is why I love it there. And I think it's almost like the same thing that that Spo did with Myers, where it's like either he's in the starting lineup or he's <laughs> he's not playing at all because Myers can't really do the the whole Kelly Olynyk backup five thing. You can't really use him as like that offensive hub. He just doesn't have those perimeter ball skills and, and creation skills that I think Kelly does. And, and none is a similar thing, but I think none at least is going to give you a lot of like decent, you know, pull-ups and uh, he could hit, he'll take more threes for you than Myers will, right? And I think at the end of the day, if you bring him off the bench, he's going to take a lot of those awkward shots that we've seen him take over the past couple of games when he, you know, when he's out there uh, missing one of the stars. I just don't think he looks good. He's not that guy. and. Honestly, I like him playing off of better playmakers. I mean, I, I can't argue with that. I make, it makes sense from that perspective. I just feel like if it's going to be 15 to 18 wasted minutes of play, you're, you're basically <laughs> wow. having him be... No, I'm sorry. Isn't that what you just broke down there? Like, for him to rise... I think know, he's going to get a diminished role. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I, very diminished, in my opinion. I just <laughs> I think Tyler can do enough off the bench, and I think you, you kind of work that... The, the DHOs between him and Kelly Olenek, that's enough offense to kind of sustain that until Bam can get into the game. I, I mean, I, I don't think the series goes particularly long anyway. And, and mm. getting the kind of rest where you don't have to worry about traveling in between the games and stuff like that, I think benefits Miami immensely. Mm. Uh, that's just my take is that I, I think it's going to be... You guys I, don't are, think I, I kind of think it's going to be more like what Sixers did in that series um, last year in the playoffs, how they kind of just defaulted to Jimmy being the creator for yeah. like 40 minutes a game. They're going to need Jimmy to play a lot of minutes heavy in the playoffs if they want to get far. As much as I love Nunn's game and how he could kind of contribute, he hasn't shown anything in this bubble. Partly, I think it has to do with his conditioning. COVID probably did affect his overall game. <laughs> reckless game. speculation. I'm not. I'm, who that's that's also small, reckless. Really he missed a sample. training camp. He, he missed he a missed training camp and it's a small sample. Camp. Yep. But yeah, and, I agree that there should be no trust. For with him for the playoffs, I think right. Spo will probably play him like ten minutes again. And if yeah, he's he, not, and he'll yeah. play, he'll ride him more. Obviously, I, I think you think, have a lot of team with these vets, and I don't think that leaning on them for more minutes is probably a wise thing, especially with the first round matchup that they should win pretty comfortably. I think that if you do see like a heavy minutes change, I think that'll probably be more in the second round series against Milwaukee. Yeah. We'll see. We so, how do you we'll, feel about the whole thing, Gia? Uh, the I mean, I, I would. 
I, I honestly, I would just ride with what they have, like keep none starting and then have Tyler and Goran off the bench. I mean, knowing Spolstra, he doesn't really make a change in the playoffs unless he's kind of forced into it. Is I this the that, same Spolstra though? I mean, he benched Myers Leonard. That has been like the biggest surprise to me. And yeah. I know it makes a lot of sense, but his willingness why is it, to do Why that? is it surprising? Because like, I think with Kelly playing so well, it just really makes Myers like obsolete. Okay, no so how about... Okay, go ahead, David, go ahead. No, no, Say no. I was just, I mean, for him to start off, like, again, we saw what we saw from the scrimmage, not that that, you know, the, the three scrimmage games, not that it mattered much, but the, that he was relying so heavily on Myers during the regular season before the hiatus, and then everybody's healthy and everybody's available for the eight seeding games. And to completely bench Myers Leonard has just thrown me off. That, that To me, this is so atypical for Spolstra, and I keep coming back to this on the pod, is that it just seems like he's aware of the circumstances of, of the compressed nature of the Orlando bubble and how much everybody is at risk for injury, and he's willing to take chances. And I also mentioned this also, also is that I think he's more aware now, having gone through this with Dwayne during the last few seasons of his career, that he wants to maximize the, the time that he has with Jimmy on this roster. And so that's why they are all in this season. This isn't about waiting until next year, the year after that, when they could add Giannis. This is about making sure that they go as on deep of run as possible. And, and you know, this has changed everything because you don't know what's going to happen next season. We probably won't have next fucking season. And if that's the case, then you want to be able to go as deep as you can in the playoffs this year. And that means making hard choices that he hasn't been willing to make prior to this. So I agree with your back-end comment about, like, maximizing, like, the time you have. What I disagree is the first part where you said they were heavily relying on Myers because I mean, Myers was playing a very Luke Babbitt role in this team you know, kind of started first quarters and second quarters, and then you wouldn't see much of him, if at all, rest of the game, unless they played a team like the Sixers. Jack loves that comment. Jack I completely it. forgot Luke Babbitt played for the Heat. So that is the classic Luke Babbitt. Luke Babbitt would play like the first seven minutes of the first quarter, hit a couple threes, never saw You're him right again until the third quarter. Yeah, he's, he's Luke. He's tall Luke Babbitt. It's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good screener. He's a better screener than Luke better Babbitt. Better screener. Yeah. Luke, Babbitt with, Luke Babbitt with screening ability. Uh, and and he streams and a streamer streamer Luke Babbitt. It's true though, and it's like I don't really other than the matchup with the Sixers where he was really helpful at the at like the the top of that zone. I don't really think that they were relying much on him. And the fact that Kelly has given them, I mean, this is the Kelly guys. We talked about this a lot in the beginning of the season. This is the Kelly Olynyk we thought we were getting all year, and for some reason we didn't get it up until February. Hmm. And if he's going to do this, I mean, like their offense is very much, you know, more so than a high pick and roll offense. They really run a crap ton of dribble handoffs and stuff like that. And Kelly's perfect for that. Kelly's been outstanding. He fits. They don't really have to change much of their sets. They don't have to change much of their schemes. Uh, he's a better shooter than Myers. He's a better uh, passer. He's a better guy going to the rim. Probably the only thing that Myers does better is screen and rebound. Uh, you have and longer arms. Longer arms. <laughs> uh, they, I don't know. I, I just don't really... I don't really think the Myers thing is that dramatic. I think it's a very logical step to make. Now, the Kendrick Nunn move is a little different because he's the guy that's produced for you pretty much all year up until now, March I mean, or whatever. 15 points a game all season, right? And we know that this guy isn't the, the same caliber rookie as job, but he was in the rookie of the year conversation for a reason, right? Like, he was productive in that starting lineup, man. And I almost feel similar, like what I was saying before uh, about him, like I do with Myers, whereas, like... Uh, they're not in the starting lineup. You don't want him in there that much. But at the end of the day, I want him in the starting lineup for those reasons. I want him to be able to get those easy shots because I think they rely on having a lot of shot makers. And I think just taking one out like that is going to affect you more than taking out a Myers who isn't even necessarily taking uh, a high volume of threes at all. Where so and, his- and replacing him with Jay who takes a higher volume and you, who you could switch with and who kind of just runs around the the court a lot more and is doing stuff on, on both sides of the floor, kind of like what James Johnson is doing. You know, Jay is always just kind of all over the place. Uh, before Crowder cools off. Have you guys answered that prior to this? Listen, no, I'm, I'm I have to say I'm that Crowder's always it. like, yeah, well, listen, David, uh, on this show, we say that Crowder's going to cool off any second now. Uh, and you know, cause that's, that that's worked for us. Is it fair yeah. to say that he is just like me doubting Jay Crowder is the formula. All right. How about this? He's success. been like, he's been like a 41% three point shooter around his, you know, around that for his tenure with the Heat, right? Something like that. He's been yes. just a flamethrower. Is it fair to say that maybe the middle that's going to happen, that's going to end up averaging out is going to be something like 35 36% just because they have so many shooters already that they rely on that they don't need to rely on him to be a shooter. He's going to get a lot of those open shots where, like, you know, the Bucks or, or another team might chase off Duncan Robinson and make sure that he doesn't get a shot. I mean, Jay Crowder is getting those open shots, and I think, 
that's going to result Alex. in him being like a 35% guy from now on instead of a 32 guy. You get what I'm saying? Alex, he's at 45% right now. Yeah. That's absurd. But that's what I'm saying. Like, even when he does come down, I think he could end up stabilizing around 36. You know what I'm like? I, I don't even think it's the not going to stay around thing. 42, man. It's just not. Like, it, it, that would be insane to me if it, if it just never went down. If <laughs> he's not playing possible. well, do they go back to Derek? If Derek's available, no, no, they're no, playing Jay Crowder. No. They, they traded for Jay Crowder you. for a reason. It's because they're gonna they're gonna start yeah. and they're gonna play him heavy minutes, especially at the end of the games. Defenses like, will not respect Derek as a shooter. I think even if they're leaving Crowder open because they because they want to prioritize Duncan, they still respect Crowder as a shooter more. You have to, you have to. I'm I'm just I'm, I'm that's something I really want to know. And again, I don't really think, and I want to get into more specific Pacer stuff in a second, but I just really don't think that if if Jay Crowder kind of cools off. Let's say he hits a rut for like a week, right? Where he just can't hit the ocean. What is he playable? Well, honestly, oh, yeah. I'm, I think he's playable just because, I mean, what are your other options? Like, I don't think Derek Jones, like he's, a, he is a like eternal rut. Like he, he just doesn't <laughs> hit shots. I mean, I mean, Derek is a guy that you can get well, moving downhill, like it, on screens I, it's and stuff. Probably and, series dependent. I think you could probably play Derek Jones more minutes if he's healthy. Obviously we don't know too much about I know he, he had a neck strain not sure if he's going to be available for game one yet but so, um, I, from what I understand Sham Sharania when he reported it framed it as good news I'm not a doctor yeah, I don't no, know it's much good. But. it's good I just don't know if he he's still experiencing soreness I don't know if they're going to allow him to play on Tuesday that was scary did you watch did anybody watch that live because I know that game in a lot of ways didn't really matter yeah it, it was, was scary, yeah Oh my God, Eric Reed was just silent. So I was flipping between the ESPN. You know, poor Mark Jones. Could you imagine, you know, David, could you imagine being Mark Jones in that situation? So Eric Reed just went the path of being silent. And Mark Jones is like trying to, you know, be an entertainer and be an like be a journalist. And then Doris and him, they were they were wheezing, struggling through that broadcast. I was like, I did not want to be that situation. Look, I, I don't want to knock, but John Crotty, I mean, he, he was just interjecting ridiculous statements here just to kind of <laughs> keep some audio going because otherwise it would have been just dead air. I, the show was, must go on. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the worst. Uh, I'd you know, see, I didn't hear I didn't hear Crotty. I just heard air. I, when I went, I, it was just silence. And then yeah, Aaron blame him, like, man. If you're just joining us, and then he would kind of like surmise what happened, and then it would go back to silence. And I was like, man, can we cut to Ron Rossi uh, or something? Going, like, oh yeah, that's really scary. Yeah, that's really scary. And Crotty was feeling the pressure. Voice, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> playoff caliber broadcasting moment. I mean, a lot of Crotty, the line there. Crotty was getting trapped, man. He was like, you know, when they trapped Damian Lillard, it was it was like a broadcast. Crotty, Crotty does not have milk in his veins. That's clear. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's tough. He can't shoot over the trap like Dame. He can't, you miss dude, the milkman, Tony Fiorentino. <laughs> my sister was even saying, she goes, man, Tony would have handled it with class. Yo, that's what my sister said. She goes, man, if Tony was here, they would have flown through this broadcast. Flown through. Tony would have kept it going. Tony would, t- Tony would have figured it out. I trust Tony with the ball to kind of get around the trap. He could pass out of it, get Eric going downhill. A little craftier. I could see that. I could see that. So I, my more- point was... Um, Oh yeah, that's right. When I was getting through DJJ, was that I think they can probably play him more minutes if he's healthy and he's available to play, just because Indiana Pacers are really bad at rebounding without Demonis Sabonis in the lineup, and they're actually like 30th right now. I was looking at a, a piece that Cooper Moore had posted on the Heat social media account. Fantastic, and they're they're the ranked 30th worst of any team in the NBA without Sabonis in the lineup and rebounding. That team just does not scare me at all. I, yeah. I've never, I mean, they probably should scare me more because they've played pretty well in the bubble and TJ Warren looks good and they're, they've been a solid defensive team. They're like, I think, top 10 or whatever. Uh, they don't scare me one iota. I'm not worried about it at Can all. Can I say something? Yeah. Uh, me and you have been talking about So, you know, I was saying Heat and five as soon as I saw this was going to be a matchup specifically after that first game. Heat and five. Where Jimmy just outplayed TJ and I still kind of feel that way. <laughs> Excuse me, but... <laughs> Okay, Alex. Alex, do you have COVID? Have you been tested? No, I was literally drinking one of those uh, naked smoothies, and you know, it's kind of thick. It got like <laughs> stuck in my throat. Uh, Which flavor to green machine? That's all I used to drink at FIU. Oh, I used to go to the recharge <laughs> and buy a naked smoothie for breakfast. And Wait, that which was, flavor? That was my know, breakfast. I really need- oh, I like the protein one with the banana tropical. Oh, oh the ew. nut one, the almond yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, like, I like that one. I like, I like my that favorite one. was the green machine and the strawberry banana was the best. I mean, they're yeah, bad smoothies. I mean, they're oh, they're so they're, like they're so sugary for you. It's not they good. suck. But I mean, it's I was a God, college what student. What are you guys even talking about? I want to know what flavor it was so we can move past this. It's red machine. It's red machine. I like red and blue machine. I like those. Uh, <laughs> the mango one. 
anyways, I literally lost my train of thought. What what were we talking about just now? Like <laughs> you're talking about you, that we talk a lot that you had Indiana we're in talking five. About yes, Jimmy. Yes, yeah, you had the heat in five. Yes, Jimmy, okay. Jimmy. So ever since that, I kind of been, you know, I digged into a little bit of the stats, right? I listened to what Zach Lowe had to say, a couple other people had to say. I read that Cooper Moorhead piece today. And the Pacers have a couple places where they can kind of like take advantage there. But at the end of the day, that they it's because of the heat playing drop and they're not really dropping as much anymore. So the advantage is kind of like not even as available as it was before since they're not playing Myers anymore. Those, you know, the, that little space that guards like to have, uh, you know, a little shooting pocket when, when a big drops back, I think it's not going to be available to them as much, which I think that TJ or Old Depot or Brogdon could exploit. But at the end of the day, if the Pacers go on fire with a three, that's really what's going to kind of make it a close series because the Heat are still giving up threes and the, the Pacers do not take a large volume of threes, La- but they the sink league. them. Last in the league in attempt. Yeah. And I think they're at 36%. And that's the thing. So I think that's why I think that's going to be like a really like important thing to watch uh, just because let's see what happens once the volume turns up on those threes. I think they have the personnel to hit, especially because they're playing kind of a five-out lineup uh, to start with, which hasn't been a great lineup, but they're starting Aaron Holiday along with you know, there are three perimeter guys that we know about and Miles Cerner who can shoot. And then their bench sucks, which is why I think the bench thing is important for Miami because I think that Miami bench just going to outplay them every single night. Uh, but yeah, as, as if they get on fire with the three, you know, if they hit some of those open mid-range shots, they're going to make it a close series. And I thought it was interesting that a couple of reporters had, had it as kind of like a toss-up where all, you know, every ESPN reporter said, Miami as a favorite. And I heard somebody like Sam Vicini, who I really respect as a basketball evaluator, uh, you know, from the athletic, he said it was a toss up. So I think it's kind of an interesting series. Both teams are terrible rebounders. The Pacers are a great defensive team. So maybe they could slow down the Heat's offense a little bit. But yeah, I still feel it's going to be like Heat and six at the most. So like my big thing with Indiana's defense is I don't think they've proven to me at all that they can get Jimmy Butler to get out of the paint, right? They have not been able to do anything to keep Jimmy out of the paint. Every single matchup that Jimmy's played, He's lived in the paint. He's lived at the free throw line. And they just don't have anybody that's strong enough to check him, especially without Sabonis. But if you they just can't... put TJ on him, since he's kind of like a similar size. I, I, I don't mean, know if they could do I, it with I, I, think, I think that's a bad idea because Jimmy has like, you know, he sees red with TJ. Uh, but I mean, I just really, True. and I don't really, I don't think putting your best offensive player on Jimmy Butler, who's living at the free throw line, I think he has the third best free throw rate in the league. I don't really think that's wise for Indiana. Who, who picked that, him up in that first game last week? Was it Holiday? They tried a lot of people on him. Yeah, I know, but I mean, mostly was it Holiday? I think it was I yeah. Yeah. Depot. Depot on on Robinson and then Brogdon on Goron. I think he started that game, right? And Indiana also hasn't really shown me that they can deal. They don't really have a guy like OG Ananobi that can really kind of handle <sighs> that DHO uh, yeah. Bam Duncan play that they love so much, right? So if you're a defense, you're a top ten defense, and if you've proven to me for four games, or rather three games, because that fourth game didn't count, that you cannot stop Miami's single best pet play action. I don't believe in you in a series. I just don't. You have nothing to stop Miami's best player. You have nothing to stop Miami's best play. I, I don't. You don't have really anything to exploit Miami's biggest weakness because TJ Warren, who's going to have the ball most of the time, and Malcolm Brogdon, they're not like big pull-up threats. Uh, TJ Warren has had, I think, six unassisted threes all year. Like what? What are we really scared of, right? So Miami's well, biggest the guy's issue, been a pull up third in the bubble. That's for damn sure. He has six pull unassisted threes on the year. That includes the bubble. So what are we scared of? Like what? What? What am I scared of for TJ I mean, Warren? If you're not hitting, you know what I mean? No, I mean uh, the thing with the the Pacers also that are, that I you're scared uh, also of Goga's, read Goga's shoulder. That's about oh no, Derek is definitely scared of Goga Badati. <laughs> that's even how you pronounce it. Uh, that was but, Eric uh, Reed asking that pronunciation. <laughs> he, he struggles, he struggles with that last night. Yeah, I know. He struggles a lot with that last night. I think yeah. it's Bitaze. Yeah, Gogo Bitaze. I think it's how it's pronounced. But Eric Reed, he just butchered it completely. Almost out of decumpo-like levels. I love how you've been slandering to heat broadcast. I love Eric. Eric's the best. Eric's one of the nicest people ever. Eric, Eric is untouchable. Yo, Eric is untouchable in this market. Eric's, Eric's like uh, right in the him. tier under Dwayne Wade. And like you can't slander this man. Who's more untouchable, uh, him or Bam? <laughs> Eric. Eric. Eric's, Eric's going. I'm not sure Bam's going to be up in the rafters. I know Eric's going to be in the rafters. Wow. I don't we don't know yet. Bam has, or... a lot of, Bam has a lot of career left. Eric Reed, 100% going in the rafters. Tony should be up think, there too. I don't oh, even I think Crotty is particularly <laughs> bad. I just think, I think they do a lot of the same things and they don't. 
I don't think it's a good team fit. Yes, like, thank you. I, I hate that people try to like make Karate out to be like this bad broadcaster. It's just he's they not. Don't, he's they not. don't have the same. They don't have the same dynamic that he had with Tony. I think that's what Tony's people like, yearn Tony's for. Tony's a goofy analyst, and Eric he, is a very like. Karate, Karate can't fit in. At, he can't slot into that very cozy spot that Fiorentino just was amazing in as like the uncle, you know, the, the uncle that you're like, yes, Tony. <laughs> yes. I love Tony. That was, I always, wait, wait, wait. Can we get Tony on a podcast soon to break down some of these playoff games? I'm sure oh, he would. baby. I'm sure he would. I'd love that. We got to get that Tony on. We'll work amazing on that, Brian. Content. Brian, I think he follows Heat Beat, so you get yeah, on that. Still, I actually have his phone number still. I can text him. Oh, look at that. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're connected. So David, guys, David and I are fuming. Ron messaged me saying he's very sorry for bailing on us today. He had a very personal problem, but it's okay. We're all right. We're going to try to get him on next week. Love you, Rohan and Cardi. Of, is he still with Sports Illustrated? Oh, my yeah, God. Still You're still oh pronouncing God. it wrong, dude. It's a hard name. No, it's I not. Rohan. Rohan's, <laughs> Rohan's friend of the show. Rohan's he's also very sorry to David, too. He's supposed to do his show next. Yeah. David, he doesn't care. Rohan doesn't care. Rohan doesn't love us like that. The David? No, David's still here. Okay. I thought he dropped David, David. So real quick, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on something I thought was a little bit interesting of Miami. So in the third matchup against the Pacers in the bubble, at the Heat were really, really trying this lineup of Kelly, Bam, and Jay Crowder. Yes. And I think part of it is to exploit the lack of size by Sabonis. Now that lineup has 46 minutes on the year. They're minus 14 net rating. They're not good on offense. Uh, they're like 94 offense rating. So it's not, not a very good lineup. I wonder if they're going to try to go big like that. I don't know if Alex, what, I really respect your opinion on this. Like, what do you think they're going to do in terms of size? Like, you think they're going to try to go bigger against a smaller pacer team? Or do you think they're just going to play like whatever they like, how they usually play? I think it depends on how it goes in the first couple of games, just because we've seen Spo kind of make those matchup uh, changes as a series goes on. And I think. We're going to see a lot of what we've seen so far in the bubble in those first couple of games. And, like, let's say uh, they feel like they're not doing enough uh, on the perimeter. They might go to more of those lineups where they try to go big. You know I've been a fan of them going big all season. And I'm not talking about necessarily the Bam and Myers thing, which obviously was successful all season. But what I mean by going big is that I feel like eventually, I've talked about this a million times, the card is to kind of, like like you guys mentioned earlier, almost, you're going to take the nuns out and you're going to take the Dragic out. You're going to put Jimmy there. You're going to put uh, Tyler out there with Duncan. and then or, or you could do, you know, Tyler at the two, Jay at the three, Kelly at the four, like you're talking about, and kind of take out some of those uh, point of attack disadvantages that you have by going bigger and trying to exploit uh, by using matchups like that on smaller teams. So, yeah, I think it could happen against the Pacers, man. It makes a lot of sense. We saw how, like, Derek going back and forth, uh, you know, over and over, Lob, 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 just coming off as a roller was so useful because, like, Doug McDermott has no shot. If he plays up on Dragic a little bit, you're giving up the lob. And I think you can kind of do a lot of those same things because their front court is like Aaron Holiday and TJ Warren. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I think there's going to be a lot of those things available to there think- for them to do. We're respecting TJ Warren a little too much in this podcast. It's Am I? I mean, I just think he's their third best listening. player at this point. Maybe fourth. Like at the end of the day, the guy is still a threat. He's not an all star, but they're going to be giving uh, up a lot of threes and mid range shots. And they he's like a cute little story. Shots. He's a cute little story. We gotta, you know what I mean? We gotta stop game planning for TJ Warren. You know? How about this? If the if the Pacers go crazy for mid range and three, it's going to be a toss up. If they go crazy, <laughs> but that's the only way. If that's really the only way. It's just not like I think it's going to be six at most. The more we talk about this, the more I'm like convinced Heat and Five. Like I'm, I'm entrenched Heat and Five. Why? Why? But which game do they lose? Why game not a one, sweet game yeah. two, game three, game four, game five? Because there's gonna it's be not a like game there's home court. Because Miami's gonna have a game where they can't shoot. Because it always happens. They're gonna have a game where nobody can hit anything. Yeah, they couldn't them. shoot against them on Monday either, and they wound up whooping their ass anyway. I know. But listen, there's gonna be funky things. That's uh, that's that's how we couch, David. We couch our takes with Heat and Five. Right? Because if you say Heat and Four, it's too strong. And if they if they lose in five, it was good. You gotta couch it. I wouldn't be surprised if they nice lost two team. games because like no, some shooters you're crazy. there. You're crazy. You're crazy. It's sure like what, a game where like Doug McDermott has like 20 points and you know Oladipo looks good and is having a good game. You know what I'm saying? I, like Alex, it could I, a couple times. I had texted you that um, TJ McConnell was born to be an Indiana Pacer. I mean, he just looks so much like an Indiana Pacer. Like they have they have a lot of those little white guards. Yeah, he might as well if he were wearing like the hickory high yeah, yeah, yeah. Born. all the time. Born. Like, it's like it's like if he was born to wear that uniform. He, that, I was just, he, was, 
He was put on this earth to wear that uniform. How that's his purpose in life. <laughs> I was just talking to a locked on Pacers. Was host, bench? And, and he, I mentioned to him that McConnell's the random scrub heat killer. And he was saying that every other fan base that he's talked to has felt, felt the same way that just McConnell, maybe that's just a style of play, but everybody feels like he's a scrub that constantly burns their team. I don't feel that like he's a random scrub heat killer. Do you? I, I, I don't really. F- I feel like McConnell's had like one or two good games against him, but like I, I've, I've relatively. I mean, that's, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, they had a whole playoff series against the Sixers. I don't, I don't really look at McConnell as like a heat killer. Maybe like I don't a think heat. random scrub heat killers. That no, listen, that's reserved that's for more of a regular season thing, or like. No, it's not Spurs Gary Neal. Finals. I'm sorry, Gary. Yes, Neal. but that's the Spurs. That's not random scrub heat's killer. That's the like. That's all Spurs I, magic. I have, I have some stats. I got stats, guys. TJ McCall has played 18 games in his career versus the Miami Heat. Who wants to guess what his field goal percentage and his three point percentage is? 40 and 35. 45.9 field goal percentage, 16.7% three point percentage. Ah, but they're all shots at the rim. I mean, that's just yeah, not, he's not a get killer. past everybody. I don't know he's why. Not a killer, guys. I don't know. I'm just I I am not scared of Indiana whatsoever. I don't I don't I'm not I don't fear them. I'm not scared sure of them. Me. They don't make me uncomfortable. It's a fucking snooze fest of a series. I'm just ready for oh. the heat to roll the I think the heat are gonna roll them over. I think the heat are gonna I think the heat are gonna have probably like an eight to twelve point point differential in their favor throughout wow. every game in the series. I think it's gonna I don't think maybe a couple games go down to the wire, maybe they drop a game, but for the most part, I think there's gonna be a really stress free series. I think Is that, this the NBA TV series of the playoffs? Totally. I mean, I don't think so because, like, man, there's, there's Raptors, some bad ones, Raptors, man. Raptors, Nets, and Bucks yeah. Magic. Out of who? Who wants the first three that? games are on TNT and ESPN? So you're just completely discounting the Magic at this point. Oh, that's I'm just, you know, I, I listen. I know it's a hot take, but I don't think that the Magic and and uh, and Vucevic are going to be able to stop you're disrespecting Aaron Gordon. Eric Bledsoe. There, <laughs> Eric Gordon. Aaron Gordon oh. being able to contain Giannis. You're not buying it. <laughs> Yo, Aaron Gordon is such a fake tough guy. Oh, did you see, did you see no, Aaron no, no, Gordon the other day? Oh, Sorry, wow. I was uh, Brian. Come on, you were in Orlando a lot. I know that maybe not as much as I was, but geez, I, Gordon is not that guy at all. It's so Sick ridiculous. To see, tired of him. Yeah, uh, to see him overreact the way he did in Chicago to all that. It's like, well, he. I bet you he couldn't even he couldn't even fight Derek Jones Jr.'s 180 pound ass. Like that's, that's like, all he like, dude. Like that's his life. He he's it's he's so annoying. And then the other day he's like like talking shit to. Kyle Lowry and Kyle's like, yo, my room is 305 or whatever the hell his room number was. Did you guys uh, ever talk about Aaron Gordon's music video or whatever that was? That, oh, yeah. That, oh, I forgot music. about that. That was we made, we made quote, quote this track. I mean, way to awful. take advantage of the quarantine there. That's that's really putting your, your skills to good use. Was that during quarantine? It yeah. was. He had so much time in his hand. He's just sitting there poolside at his mansion in, in Los Angeles. He is the 14. lamest good NBA player. <laughs> is he good? <laughs> is he... He's not the lamest. There are some very lame. He's such a. You know, he might be, he might be one much. of the biggest underachievers in the league. I mean, that guy should have been so much more. And now you're living no, for the no, dunk contest. No, 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 no. no. Dude, okay, look, I like I like bagging on him. I also I also completely agree what he did. Uh, you know, the whole complaining thing, and it's turned into this whole thing now. It's so lame. Like, dude, you had one of the best dunk contest performances of all time. What he did this year did not compare. Yeah, but. I'm not even talking about that, Alex. I'm talking about him threatening to fight dudes after fouls. Get fucking over yourself. You're Aaron Gordon. Nobody gives a shit about you. If you don't play for that, if if you never play again, not a single soul is going to be like, fuck, I miss Aaron Gordon. I really want to watch him play. Nobody gives a shit, dude. You're Aaron fucking Gordon. Shut the fuck up. Play defense and hit some threes. Why are you so personally? I'm thinking why you're so personally invested and then I just realized he fought. He challenged Kyle Lowry. That's what it is. so annoying. No, he challenged Kyle Lowry. Nah, he listen. He besmirched Kyle and Wade. Dwayne, and yeah, Dwayne, exactly. and Dwayne. Sure. I mean, that's listen. Your two faves, you the two headed, the, yeah. the, the two headed beasts of my heart. I'll never forget <laughs> what he did to Uncle Drew. Oh, if Aaron Gordon was on the Lakers, like for whatever reason, he would be, be like a huge. He'd be insufferable. Uh, he would be Kuzma. Be Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, exactly. But except yeah. the thing with Kuzma is like he takes like dorky jump shots that kind of like don't even look good coming off his hands. I mean, Eric Gordon will be just getting dunks and will be getting Caruso hype. If he Eric Gordon is actually like a good basketball player. Kyle Kuzma, get the fuck Kyle Kuzma. I'm saying, look life. at Caruso. Like, I'm er- so fucking sick of Kyle Kuzma. Get, what the Christ. fuck, man? <laughs> Did he challenge Kyle Lowry too? What happened, no, he's man? he's just annoying. Like, get out of my life. Like, I don't, why is, I hate the Lakers for this reason. Like, you're a mediocre role player on a team and he's talking about if Jesus would affirm me, I'll shoot. Shut the fuck up, dude. 
Deion Waiters NBA champion. I cannot I'm wait forward to it. for him to end up in Minnesota for no one to give a shit about him, not even fantasy basketball players. I, I'm I'm excited about that for Alex Caruso. I can't wait for Alex Caruso to get traded and for nobody to talk about him again. Like I, I am sick. A, I know we kind of did that with Chalmers, but Chalmers was Chalmers. Chalmers, is Alex much, Caruso is not. Chalmers, Chalmers is a better player than both of those guys. Chalmers is going to be have a more decorated NBA career than both of those. Is guys. Caruso getting the Jeremy Lin contract to take him away from Jeremy Lin is a more accomplished basketball player than Kyle Kuzma. I mean, Kyle hey, Kuzma needs to shut easy. the fuck up. Oh, Toronto Raptors champion Jeremy is Lin. He, I've never seen a player talk more shit <laughs> that has done less. All he's done is play for losers his whole career. And even when he had LeBron fucking James on his team, he was a fucking loser. That team was in the lottery, depending on his minutes. And this motherfucker's talking <laughs> shit. And now they get Anthony Davis, and they're kind of good. And even though their offense fucking sucks, it's uh, like 11th or 12th in the league when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And this guy has the audacity, the gall to stop to get on. Dude, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? Like, we're rotting as an NBA society that we're giving this guy attention. <laughs> Him and the balding little point guard in the Lakers. Like, I have no idea what we're doing. But it's fucking sick and disgusting. I'm, I'm just tired of, of this brain-dead coverage of that Laker team. All right, I'm sorry. DJ Warren, next. God. We are rotting. It's so society. true. He's like not even that good. I'm yeah, we all know why he's still there, man. I'm stealing that as a title for the podcast. By the way, he's not even that good looking. I think he's actually kind of ugly. From tight muscles, tight workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worslin, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with a revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments he created theron to bring you cbd products done right a lot of cbd products claim organic but can contain up to 30 percent filler and these fillers are potentially toxic theron tests their products four times before they get it to you every product is usda certified organic grown in the u.s and their cbd extracts are the highest quality available anywhere Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 17th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, then send it back for a full refund within 30 days. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire. But only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are back in the NFL. Watch NFLSundayTicket.tv. You could stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite device. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So we, we never continued with our predictions, Johnny. You got any? Yeah, I was, I was actually I was, I was actually thinking we'd cover off with them. And I'm very firmly heat five. I think they're not healthy. I'm not. They don't really have anything that worries me, like, particularly other than maybe a couple Brogdon good games. Like, I, I, they just don't concern me. I know that their defense is good, but I think the Heat have shown that they can really manufacture the. It's not even that the Heat are able to score against him. It's that they get the looks they want. And I think when you look at kind of defensive matchups, I think that's the most important part. Is the team getting the looks that they want, right? So if you look at the matchup with the Raptors, the Heat were not getting the looks they wanted. They were really forced into doing things that they did not want to do. And even though that game was close, the Heat were doing things that they did not want to do. When they play Indiana, they get whatever the fuck they want. They get the shots they want. They get the points they want. Now it's whether they make or miss is a different situation. But the Heat, whatever they run, they are getting largely, they are, they are, they are running the things that they want to run and they're getting the kind they're getting the shot that they want to get. So when I look at stuff like that, you know, the Heat's offense is is their bread and butter. That's 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 their good stuff. And they've shown to defend Indiana at a pretty competent level. 
They get to the free throw line a lot against the Pacers, which really, really allows them to set up their defense. I just don't think Indy has answers for what Miami does best. And I think in a playoff series, when you're going to be able to exploit that at the end of games and when you're going to be healthy and when you're going to be locked in, and at the end of the game, Miami's going to have the best two players on the floor. Period. End of discussion. The two best players on both offense and defense are going to be on the heat. Jimmy Butler and, and Victor Oladipo, right? <laughs> ah. Jimmy and Bam. Uh, and Duncan's the best shooter on either team. And Duncan, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't really see... I don't really see the argument for Indiana in, the, in this state. I just really don't. What's up, Jack? What do you got? I would say um, probably Heat and four. Um, Let's but, go. You know, heat and four, Heat and five, because you never know. Five. But yeah, my pick is going to be Heat and four, because mostly because I do think, or I'm banking on the fact that we will see an entirely new Jimmy that we haven't seen on the Heat before. Why? I, I am a big believer. I'm a big believer in playoff Jimmy. You know, it happened with the Sixers. Playoff Jimmy with the Sixers was not the playoff like regular season Jimmy. Does with that the mean Sixers. that his jumper is going to start falling? Does he gonna, uh, he's going to concentrate more? And that's what I'm banking on. Maybe yeah, this is you know crazily optimistic Heat fan, but I do. I'm hoping that the jumper comes back at least a little bit to the point where he's not literally the worst jump shooter in the league. Um, you know, as long as he's a fine jump shooter, that's perfect. Like that elevates this Heat team past what we've ever seen from them. Um, so yeah, I'm saying heat and four for every reason you stated, but also because I'm expecting to get playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy with the Sixers average 45% from the field on 14.6 shots a game. And he shot 26.7% from three. On what was his true shooting percentage though? His true shooting percentage is not on here. I'll have to get back to you on that. Well, I mean, he was getting to the free throw almost, line, though. He averaged yeah. almost 20 a game, and he, he won to the free throw line six times and that's in his two series. That's a bad game for him nowadays. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Like six free throws is... But is. he made 80, 80, 88% of his free throws, which is not bad. Wow. Um, I was going to say, uh, there was actually a quote that um, I just pulled up from Jake Crowder, and he said, on Jimmy Butler at playoff time, this is when yeah. he comes alive. Earlier today, yeah. Uh, earlier today, he said So, that. I'm with and, Jack now. Well, I mean, it's also Ira fishing for comments because he's working and a story about clutch Jimmy Butler. So I, I mean, that's that's pretty oh, obvious. Boy. <laughs> he asked right everybody. He asked Spo. He asked Jimmy about you know what it's like to be uh, you know come up in the clutch, etc. Jimmy downplayed it being Jimmy. Um, <laughs> in any case, I do. I still think Jack is right though. I, I still think that this is going to be like a great version of Jimmy. He's just he seems po- poised for it, and you know the fact that he's willing to come here to this team and, and be here in these kinds of situations, this is where he's going to thrive most. So I, I am also excited about seeing a better version of him. I'm not sure how it's going to impact his jumper, but I think, you know, if you look at what he did in overtime, that game against Toronto, where he's a fully engaged, locked and loaded Jimmy fucking Butler, that's kind of what, where I expect to see over the next few weeks. You know, one thing that kind of has me worried, and I, I again, it just it's not really a this series thing. It's kind of looking ahead to the Bucks is, you know, referees tend to to you know let players play more, right? They allow a lot more contact under the rim and stuff like that. And while I don't really think it's going to be a big deal this series, I do think that going forward, if Jimmy Butler's offense really relies on getting calls and really leveraging that kind of style of basketball to get points and to get their defense set and stuff like that, I am worried about that because if Jimmy's jump shot doesn't come back and if it doesn't look particularly great going into the Bucks series and he's going to get even fewer free throws, and, you know, that's just going to be, I mean, if Giannis is getting a rebound and kind of going in transition, you know, that that's going to be really, really tough for the Heat. Um, I also think that the Jimmy, TJ Warren rivalry, will. it's just not the same without fans. I'm There's sorry. There's no rivalry. Not. There's no rivalry. There's no it's rivalry because one's wet. It's the whole Bosch thing when they were asked about whether the Pacers were a rivalry with the Heat. It's not a rivalry if one side is like that was a rivalry. consistent. No. No, Pacers Heat did not count as a rivalry because the Pacers never won. They, if they had won one series, no, I think you could have said, I don't there think was, it was a there was, there there was, was a hatred. blood feud. That was a blood feud. There no was rivalry. hatred. There was yeah. David West and Udonis Haslam's face. I think the Spurs was more of a rivalry. Even nah, though that was, that was respect. That wasn't a rivalry. But that it was, was like, a respectful rivalry. I think you're... Did we ask Salmon Hill that? What did he say? I can't remember what he said. Solomon Hill. Uh, yeah, he said that, he said they were intense. I remember that. He said, he said rivalry. Did we ask him if it was a rivalry? But maybe it was a rivalry from the Pacers side. That was a lack of our part of asking bit, him. 
a big brother, little brother situation. Those he guys said something about it. Though. I don't know, man. They put the fear of God in them. <laughs> Roy Hibbert fucking scared me, guys. Roy Hibbert scared us all. Roy Hibbert scared LeBron James. <laughs> David West scared me. David West scared everyone, except for yeah. Udonis. Udonis was not scared. I went into 2013 game seven. I swear to God, I was very scared. Like I was, I was not sweating. like, we got this. No, I was nervous as all hell. Cause I'm like, I this was, team just guards them better than anybody else. Like it was just, I it was, was weird. Hard. That, that, that game seven scared me more than Boston game six. 100%. Is Lance Stevenson no. like the most hated villain in, in the heat franchise history? Cause I don't it's think Gary it's Neal for me. I'm sorry. Nothing will top Gary Neal. Most hated. Hate Gary Neal. Hated. Probably Danny Green. Alan Houston. No, it's Travel. not Danny Green. It's not Danny Green. It's Gary Neal. Bro, Danny Green was so good. It has to Danny be Gary Neal. Really I, I think some fans would say or Deshaun Stevenson. I think those guys should deserve to be in there. Gary I'm more Neal mad at me. LeBron than I am a Deshaun. Oh, no. JJ Perea. JJ not a though. JJ can't beat LeBron. Jason Terry. Jason Did Terry you? until he died in 2013. Russell LeBron got his red. Did Jason yeah, over Deshaun? Deshaun Steve was and Lance. Lance, I guess. Lance probably the popular answer. I think David might have a point here. Lance, um, probably. Maybe Lance Paul the Pierce. Player. Maybe Danny Green. Oh, Paul Pierce. You know what? I I think it's no, Paul. No, I think it's Paul. I don't think it's Paul Pierce because I think the. The overlap. I think once he was a net, that whole I want to guard LeBron thing, and then LeBron That's just right. dropping forty nine on his head. That That's right. that That's that right. cancels it out. That's but it's then he went funny. to a broadcaster and was yeah. slandering Dwayne Wade. So that, that yeah, none brought, of that really matters, though. I, don't, I like, think that, it matters. I, I don't think, think yeah to you, but I don't think Heat fan generally says, "Oh yeah, I, I think a Paul Pierce is a broadcaster." No, but I think that they hold his broadcasting sins against him. Like he will but be tried for those. He's war a joke, crimes. though. Like nobody, not even nationally. Like it's not just Heat fans who don't take Paul Pierce. How is he not the biggest joke of the Celtics in the media? Because Kendrick right now? Perkins exists. That's like that's why. Like yeah, Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins, Perkins is so bad that Paul gets to say that he's not even the worst Celtic in the media. Wow, this is this is getting. We're making enemies today. Oh, man, all, those, all those former Celtic players are such shitty fucking broadcasters. Uh, Kevin McHale's not good either. Get out I of here. I like Kevin Garnett. K- KG's good. KG, KG, KG's the only one. Yeah. Have you are seen you guys Uncut worried Gems? About the, I, I love Uncut Gems. Is yeah, he good like, at Uncut really Gems? Yeah, he's really good at it. Yeah. Oh, you should watch it. I don't know. Athletes as actors, I'm always, I'm always wary. Like LeBron in, uh, in that movie. This is how I win. It's not like that at all. He's, I mean, he's playing himself. It's, it's really like a crazy you know, person. He's, he's KG playing KG. He's, you, guys, you know, buying jewelry. You guys he's forgot great. to mention Garnett was always an actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Or, or an actress, I guess. And I, yeah. Oh, wow. That was wow. the side. That was, that's what UD called him, right? Oh, Quentin Richardson. Oh, yeah. it was Q Rich he life for Q Rich you're all a bunch of actresses oh my god yo Q Rich is one of my all time favorite Heat players I want him on the pod so bad problematic I just, fave I just want to talk to Q Rich about how much I love him and how much did that one year he has a podcast oh I did do a podcast when I was uh, with Ethan it was Ethan Q Rich and I those are the days those were the days back when, was, back when I was a credential media member back in my day when I was in the locker room asking folks questions <laughs> Doesn't that like, you want to step on fucking Ellen Brand's fucking neck? I was, I was <laughs> That's okay. We've bounced back. Now Solomon Hills are bud. What's your you said, by the way? His podcast with Darius Miles is phenomenal. It's Absolutely like phenomenal. It is what Matt Barnes has with uh, Steven Jackson. It's just the, the players just get so much better stories out of guys. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's like what podcasting should be with sports. You know, I learned so, the other day. That Duncan, instead of us nerds. I learned the other day that Duncan Robinson had his own podcast. He does? What? No, yeah. no, yeah. A long time ago in college, right? Oh, yeah. it's all. It's all. Oh, not he only had like three episodes. They're very professional. It was him. And uh, actually, I found out that, remember that broadcaster um, who, was, who was talking about how his daughter was, he wanted his daughter to hook up with Duncan Robinson? Ziffer? Dan Dockage. No, 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 no. Dan Dockage, yeah. Oh, yeah. His son, I think, is Max Dockage, who played Dakich. with him in Michigan. They were oh, roommates. No. So that's, that's the whole reason that he oh, broadcast. We found the connection. This is even and they had a podcast know. together. Isn't Dan Dockett's like a pacer guy too? Take it. Yeah, like he's Indiana a Indiana guy. I think he went to Indiana or worked for Indiana at some point. Because Dan Dockett said that Spolstra wasn't a top 10 coach, but he nominated Nate McMillan as one. Yeah, he's not good. Has Nate McMillan like ever smiled? I've never seen Nate McMillan smile. Has yes. that ever happened? Yes. You have, really? Yes. And wow. You're, huh? 
and scrums. He smiles. He, he kind of smirks <laughs> a little bit. Okay, and scrums, but he doesn't. He not not for the public. No, uh, he's, he's actually like honestly among coaches, like he's probably one of the best like to talk to. Like I actually got him one on one, and he was really open and cool. So I I I, I will not be smirched, Nate McMillan. What's your favorite coach to talk to? Oh shit! Um, that put you on the spot. Nick Nurse no. is really fun. Nurse is good. Uh, I, I like, I mean, I like pop just cause you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I got popped once and it was hilarious. Um, well, what uh, happened? I want to know the story. I want to know how David. I don't, I don't even remember. I don't uh, even you can't remember. tease that and not remember. Uh, he blocked it out of his memory. Was that traumatizing? <laughs> no, 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 no. The great ones like, never forget David. It was, it was like a little pop. It wasn't really like he wasn't putting me on the spot or anything like that. And I, I just, I think it was one of the first games I was covering and I Miniature asked him a question. Pop. Yeah. Oh god. I was about David Lee. He had just joined the, the team and I was asking him what he did well. And he kinda like stared at me like, what the fuck are you saying? He doesn't do anything well. He's <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know, Gentry was actually pretty cool too. Oh, know? I love Alvin. I've always heard good things about him. I've heard great things about Monty Williams too. Yeah. Coach of the oh, bubble like Monty the Williams. Bad ever. Huh? Coach of the bubble, Monty Williams. He won the award. Did he? Oh yeah. That's size. Coach, coach of the bubble, yeah. He was. Wait, really? They, they gave a coach of the bubble award? Yeah, MVP. They, they and made coach like of the two M- uh, all NBA bubble. Can teams. we talk about how stupid the MVP of the bubble is? I think it's the most. What well, do we do? You know how much stupid the fucking two NBA all NBA bubble teams were? Was that real? Yes, that was oh, real. I thought that teams? was Clutch Sports putting on Instagram no, like no, something that was like real. gas up Karis LeVert. That was real because I saw Mark <laughs> Sign tweeted out. No way. Are you yeah. fucking serious? Well, it's not tied to contract bonuses, so nobody pays attention to it. That's, That's so lame. Who's the most improved player of the bubble? Oh, TJ Warren. Who's the bubble most improved player? Oh, yeah, TJ Warren made first team. TJ Warren? TJ Warren or Gary Trent Jr.? Oh, that's right. Oh, who's the guy on the the Blazers that has been like Duncan Robinson-esque? Gary Trent Jr. That's him. Gary Trent Jr. I know that we both had different Stugatz moments. I thought Gary Trent Jr. was a wizard. I'm not going to lie. First first team was Lillard, Harden, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, and TJ Warren. I thought Giannis second, was first team. Second team was Giannis, Kawhi, Karis LeVert, Michael Porter Jr., and Christoph Porzingis. Wow. Anti-vaxxer Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> how, how, how many how many anti-vaxxers have we outed in the bubble that Michael Porter Jr.? Is Terrence Davis an anti-vaxxer? They say it's not outing if they out themselves, right? That's I mean, true. Yeah. Yeah. Self-outing. Yeah. Uh, Dwight. We got Dwight. What do you have to say, Yeah. About Listen, Terrence we, Davis. Don't, we, we don't claim him. We, I'm sorry. We don't, we don't claim Terrence. Oh, wow. We, we don't claim Terrence right now. You know, you know, protect their guys at all costs. Who's we? Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro athletes Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing about fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.